0: Decision Sunday is coming up, again, the first Sunday of June, which is Pentecost Sunday. And so if you have decisions that you are thinking about making, if you need some direction or answers to questions, if you have things you want to discuss with someone or to pray about, please, please come and see us, talk to us, talk to someone, and don't let those decisions just... Just lay, don't lay them aside. If the Holy Spirit is, is directing you and convicting you of something, then by all means respond. And we've set a day again, the first Sunday of June. You don't have to wait till then. You can make decisions any day of the week. Amen. Just give us a call, and we'll be happy to help you in any way we can. Well, turn in your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1, and again, Happy Mother's Day to all of our moms. The Bible does say to honor your father and your mother, and today is a day when we honor mothers all across this country. We celebrate and remember mothers, and rightfully so. I think we oftentimes forget all that they do and all that they go through. One mother expressed her frustration by posting a note on the outside of her bathroom door. Here's what it said. Attention children, the bathroom door is closed. Please do not stand here and talk, whine or ask questions. Please wait until I get out. Yes, it is locked, but I want it that way. It is not broken and I am not trapped. I know I've left an unlock before, even open at times since you were born, because I was afraid some horrible tragedy might occur while I was in here. But it's been 10 years now, and I want some privacy. Do not ask me how long I will be. I will come out when I am done. Do not bring the phone to the bathroom door. Do not go running to the phone yelling, she's in the bathroom. Do not begin to fight as soon as I go in. Do not stick your little fingers under the door and wiggle them. It was funny when you were two, but not now. Do not slide pennies, Legos, or notes under the door. Even when you were four, this got tiresome. If you followed me down the hall talking and are still talking while you face this closed door, please turn around and walk away and wait for me in another room. I'll be glad to listen to you when I'm done. And yes, I still love you, Mom." (laughs) Maybe some of you moms, that resembles your experience with your kids. But the truth is, mothers do go through a lot. A man came home from work at the end of the day, and he found total chaos at home. The three children were outside in the backyard, still in their pajamas. Mud all over them, empty food boxes and potato chip bags and candy wrappers all over the yard. So I walked into the house and found even a bigger mess. Plants had been knocked over, a throw rug had been wadded up and thrown against the wall. In the front room, the TV was blaring on the cartoon channel. The family room looked like a hurricane had passed through. The toys and various articles of clothing were just everywhere, trash everywhere. In the kitchen, dishes filled the sink. Breakfast breakfast food had been spilled onto the counter. Dog food was all over the floor and... Muddy dog footprints were all over the floor in every direction, the glass orange juice container had evidently broken when it fell out of the refrigerator. And so he quickly headed upstairs to see if something was wrong, and he had to step over more toys and more piles of clothes. He was looking for his wife, and he couldn't find her. He was worried something had happened. And so he finally opened their bedroom door, only to find her still curled up in bed, in her pajamas, reading a book and listening to music on her headphones. She looked up at him and smiled and asked how his day went. He looked at her in shock and said, what in the world has happened here today? And she smiled again, removed her headset, closed her book, and said, well, honey, you know all those days when you come home and ask me, well, what did you do today? Well, today, I didn't do it. Some of you moms here today may be thinking, I'm gonna try that this week, all right? (laughs) Several years ago, Barbara Bush, who was then the wife of our president, was asked to speak at Wellesley College for Women in Massachusetts. She wasn't the first choice. They had actually asked Shirley Walker, the author of The Color Purple, but she had turned them down, and so being second choice didn't bother Mrs. Bush. But there were students who didn't feel that the president's wife should come. And 600 students signed a petition protesting her choice as the commencement speaker. They said, and I quote, Barbara Bush has gained recognition through the achievements of her husband. We will one day be rewarded on the basis of our merit, not on that of our spouse. But true to character, Mrs. Bush graciously accepted the invitation And she even defended the rights of those young women who protested her being there. And when she spoke, she she shared three simple statements that I'm sure those young ladies will remember for the rest of their lives. Here they are. You'll see them up here. Number one, believe in something larger than yourselves. Number two, believe that life must have joy. And number three believe that relationships are the most important things in life. And then toward the end of her speech, she said, children must come first. Your success as a family and our success as a society depends not on what happens at the White House, but on what happens at your house. And that's good stuff. That's worth remembering. So moms, let me give you some things that every mother here needs to remember this morning. And by the way, if you're wondering when we're going to get to the text in 1 Timothy chapter 1, that'll be the last point. Okay? So here you go. Number one, moms, remember, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be perfect. It's always been tough, I think, probably to be a mother, but I... I would imagine that in our world today and in our culture today, it's probably tougher than it's ever been. I mean, when you have and see on TV and media things like Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel and all these supposedly perfect women, and then even if you come to church and maybe you hear a message from Proverbs chapter 31, and the Proverbs 31 woman, which probably everyone in here today knows about, I mean, she's perfect, she puts together business deals, she's a phenomenal cook, she's an amazing housekeeper, she, she can do all kinds of stuff, and moms think, how in the world can I ever measure up to that? I remember growing up, there was a TV series called Wonder Woman with Linda Carter. Any of you remember that? Okay, it really wasn't all that great. Then there was another one called The Bionic Woman with Lindsay Wagner. You Remember that one? It wasn't very good either. It was only on for uh, three seasons, but, but those were completely make-believe. But today you've got all these superheroes that look perfect and act perfect, and you see all these, these, these women of Hollywood that are glamorized and popularized and do all this stuff, and you think, I can't measure up to all that. Well, here's what you need to know. You don't have to. Moms, you don't have to be perfect. All that other stuff is make-believe and nonsense. And let me tell you something. Let me give you a little perspective on Proverbs 31. That chapter begins by saying the words of King Lemuel. Who in the world was Lemuel? A lot of commentators believe that it might have been Bathsheba's pet name for Solomon. And that Solomon may have been writing about his own mother. Now, if that's the case, I mean, I think every son, every daughter would probably write some of the same stuff maybe even more glowingly about their own mother. I mean, I've attended enough funerals through the years and listened to enough sons and daughters eulogize their moms over the years to, to know there's some pretty awesome moms in this world. But sadly, we don't say what's in our hearts nearly enough. And many times we don't say it early enough. Just remember, moms, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be. I know there are probably some mothers who'd have loved to trade it in one of their kids from time to time. <laughs> but no one wants to trade in their moms. They may want to trade in their dads, but never their moms, all right? Listen, you don't have to be perfect. Just be you, the you that God created you to be. Here's the second thing. Remember that God loves you. God loves you. Maybe you heard the old saying, God knew that he couldn't be everywhere, so he created mothers. That's not true theologically, by the way, because God can be everywhere. But it does point out how important moms are. Moms fill a role that no one else can fill. The Bible says in Proverbs 14, verse 1, a wise woman builds her house, but the foolish tears it down with her own hands. So what an incredible an incredible role that mothers play in building the right kind of home. And I'm not talking here about sticks and bricks, all right? I'm talking about morals, talking about values, convictions that carry us through life. I'm talking about modeling the kind of lifestyle and setting the right kind of example that children need to follow. You've heard it said probably, the statement that the hand that rocks the cradle is... The hand that rules the world, right, and I think there's a lot of truth in that. I mean, just turn on any sporting event where they're interviewing some big strong athlete and they put a microphone in front of his face. Somewhere along the line, more often than not, what does he say? Hi, Mom. Seldom does he say, Hi, Dad. Not that dads aren't important, but I think it just means Mom is incredibly important. And you need to remember that. And when you study the Bible, you'll see the incredible influence of godly mothers making a difference in the lives of their children. I wish we had time to to read about Moses' mother, Jacob, that Herb mentioned, or in Exodus chapter 2, or Samuel's mother, Hannah, in 1 Samuel chapter 1, Timothy's mother that we're going to read about here in a little bit in our text in 2 Timothy 1, or Jesus' mother, Mary, Luke chapter 2, amazing women that had An amazing impact not just on their children but on the world now for some of you Mother's Day may be difficult maybe some of you have never been married never had the privilege of having children or some of you had mothers or wives that are no longer with us maybe some of you have been through a painful divorce or some of you might have children that no longer speak to you for who knows what reason. But here's what you need to remember. You need to remember God loves you. God loves you. Isaiah chapter 54 verse 10, God says, Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken. And it goes on in Isaiah sixty six thirteen 13 to say, As a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you. So moms, remember you don't have to be perfect. And remember that God loves you. Here's a third one. You need to remember that we appreciate you. We appreciate you. And as I said earlier, we don't say that often enough, and many times we don't say it early enough. But we appreciate you. Proverbs 12, verse 25 says... An anxious heart weighs a man down, weighs a man down, but a kind word cheers him up. And Mother's Day gives us a perfect opportunity to tell Mom we appreciate you. It gives us a perfect opportunity to cheer her up, to bring some cheer into her life. By the way, you realize, don't you, that there is way more money spent on cards and gifts and meals on this day than on any other holiday throughout the year, way more. I remember Harry Randolph, those of you that knew him when he was involved in prison ministry and the cards that Kingdom Builders would help purchase cards for the inmates to send out through the year, the massive amount of cards that would be requested for Mother's Day in comparison to any of the other days. Way more than Father's Day for sure. Father's Day comes along and it's, yeah, okay, whatever. (laughs) But moms are a different matter. They are so important. And so moms remember that. Remember that you're appreciated. But we need to do it more than just one day out of the year. We need to appreciate what moms do all year round. Heard about a mother named Linda Huckins from Massachusetts. True story. It was the day of her daughter's wedding. She was trying to be the perfect mom. She was supposed to go down the aisle and light the candles up front. That's all she had to do. Then go sit back down. As she is lighting the first candle with this candle lighter, and she has all, you know, all dressed up, and she's got these acrylic nails on. One of her acrylic nails gets in the flame and catches fire. Well, this was her daughter's big day. and She's trying to be the perfect mother. So she didn't panic. She just extinguished the lighter she had and used her finger to light the remaining candles. (laughs) True story. When she was done, she turned around to the audience, blew it out, went like this, like she's putting her hands back down in a holster and was a Western gunslinger and the crowd just, you know, good job, mom, good job. Oh, moms go through a lot. We need to appreciate everything they do. We need to express our appreciation to mom more than just once a year, more than than just a couple of weeks through the year. We need to show our appreciation to them as long as we have them with us. Several years ago, author and humorist Irma Bombeck died. Those of you in this worship service probably will know her name better than the next service, but... After her funeral, a reporter asked her kids what they thought she was the best at. I mean, Irma Bombeck was a gifted author and writer and news commentator and humorist and so much more. But one of her kids said, oh, that's easy. The thing that she was best at was just being mom. And that's a high tribute. So ladies, mothers, remember you don't have to be perfect. Remember God loves you. Remember that we appreciate you, whether we say it as often as we ought to or not. And then the last one, number four. Remember you're making a difference that will last for all of eternity. A difference that will last for all of eternity. If indeed it is Solomon writing about his mother in Proverbs 31, when he comes to the very end, he says, her children arise and call her blessed her husband also and he praises her now motherhood will last your entire life but the impact of a good godly mother will last long after you're gone it'll last forever so in your bibles in the first in the second timothy chapter 1 passage second timothy chapter 1 i want to begin reading in verse 3 and here we have the Apostle Paul writing to his young son in the faith, Timothy. And I want you to notice what he highlights. When he talks about Timothy and where he is in his life, his spiritual development, and all of that, notice what he zeroes in on. 2 Timothy, verses 3 through 5. Paul says, I thank God, whom I serve with a clear conscience, the way my forefathers did. As I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day, longing to see you even as I recall your tears, so that I may be filled with joy. For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am sure that it is in you as well. So Paul is highlighting the spiritual development of his young son in the faith, Timothy and he talks about Timothy's grandmother and his mother let that sink in paul had come into contact with this family during his early missionary journeys to southern judea or southern galatia i mean lois and eunice were devoutly jewish women even though timothy's father was a greek we might even suppose that that grandmother Lois here had uh, moved in and was living in the house with her daughter and son-in-law. And so that she was nearby to exert a positive influence on Timothy, her grandson. So Timothy's background, as you can see there in verse 5, is basically he was brought up in a religious home. He'd been brought up on Scripture In fact, Paul refers to this in chapter 3 verse 15 of this same book which says of Timothy that from childhood you have known the sacred writings that are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. So Timothy has been taught the scriptures as soon as he was capable of learning anything. His mother... And his grandmother, I believe, had been careful to follow the Jewish custom of teaching the law to the Jewish children at a very early age and to cause them to commit parts of it to memory. And at the age of five, Timothy would have been old enough to have been enrolled in a synagogue school. And it's very likely that they indeed did that for him. And he there continued his schooling in the Scriptures. Jewish children learned to read from the very words of Scripture. But it all started at home. It all starts at home. And for Timothy, it started with a godly mother and grandmother who passed on a heritage of faith in God and a knowledge of the Scriptures to Timothy. And listen, moms and dads, religious education must still start in the home. And I can't emphasize to you how vital that is. You are the first ones, moms and dads, that have the obligation, but more than that, you have the privilege of sharing the scriptures with your children. You're first. Don't leave it up to the Sunday school teacher don't leave it up to the preacher now when you come to church it'll be reinforced but your teaching needs to come first it needs to start at home and the implications and the ramifications of what you moms do on a daily basis have an eternal quality about them and you may not see the difference that you're making on a day-to-day basis, but if you keep doing the right things, the little things, the godly things, just watch what happens. Several years ago, it was Bill Keene, that was the author of the Family Circus comic in the papers, Bill Keene had, had, had one in there that was just great. The Family Circus had a picture of a bunch of children discussing where babies come from. And one child said, Storks don't bring babies. UPS does. Well, the other children had all kinds of different ideas. But the best one was the last one. When one of the children said, Babies are connected to their mothers by a biblical cord. How true! How true and well said. God knew exactly what all of us would need when he gave us mothers. Wayne Smith, now gone on to be with the Lord, but the longtime preacher of the Southland Christian Church in Lexington, Kentucky. Wayne tells of how he was brought up in a Christian home and when his parents died, they didn't have hardly anything to leave behind to their children because they always lived such simple lives. And Wayne said, my parents didn't leave me a farm but they left me a faith, which is far more important. So mothers, don't ever forget that your children are connected to you or should be by a biblical cord. And make sure you keep that connection strong. You've been given a divine assignment by God to be a mother. So do it the very best that you can. And remember that you don't have to be perfect. Remember that God loves you. Remember we appreciate you. And remember that you're making a difference that will last for all of eternity. So happy Mother's Day. We're going to stand and sing a hymn of decision this morning. If there's anyone here that needs to make a public decision, maybe to accept Christ as Lord and Savior, maybe to recommit their life to Him in some way, Maybe you just need to come and have someone pray with you. You can come and meet me down front while we stand and sing.